The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to the Measure Success Podcast, where we feature top leaders on how they measure success in their business and life. Now, let's learn from their experiences. Carl J. Cox here, and I'm the host of the Measure Success Podcast, where I talk with top leaders about effective strategies that inspire success. And this episode is brought to you by 40 Strategy. At 40 Strategy, we provide strategic planning consulting to help organizations realize and achieve their dreams. Jessica, basically, we help companies create strategic plans and measure the right KPIs for success. What's crazy is that only about 10% of organizations actually accomplish two-thirds of their strategic objectives. And I don't know about you, but I think that's pretty crazy that it's that few success. Would you agree? I would agree. So at 40 Strategy, your success is our passion. That is why organizations call on us to help. Not only do we come up with strategy, but we come up with proven practices to actually make sure it gets done. Harvard research shows that when you actually focus on the right key performance indicators, you can triple your success. So contact us at catch, like catching a ball at 40strategy.com or go to our website, 40strategy.com to learn more. Always like to have a shout out, as we know, before we introduce officially our guests. Um, and that shout out is going to be to Darren Hardy. Darren Hardy is the author of the um, Compound Effect, which is right behind me here. And he produces the Darren Daily Show and part of being the exception. Actually, it's been a great daily I listen to it nearly every day, and uh, it's been a great inspiration for me. So I just wanted to give a shout out to you and the team for getting that out the door. And that leads us to our guest, Jessica Yarbrough. Um, Jessica has quickly developed a reputation for being one of the best business strategists in marketing and sales and consultants for entrepreneurs. The goal of them is to help sell high-value products and services, and her background is in international business, and she's built multiple companies. Jessica is a genius at showing entrepreneurs not only how to build an expert platform, rapidly raise their value, build credibility, and attract high-paying clients. She travels the world teaching and inspiring entrepreneurs and helping them grow their influence and makes the income the impact they deserve. So Jessica, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for having me, Carl. Great to be here. So Jessica, could you just start out with, give us give the audience a little bit more about what your business does. Yeah, absolutely. So entrepreneurs come to me when they're ready to both sell and scale ultra high-end programs. And when we think about ultra high-end, really at the lowest point, that's 25,000, but really people come to me when they want to sell 50, 75, you know, multiple six-figure programs, whether that is for an individual or whether it's for a small business all the way up to a Fortune 500 company. So it's high-end coaching and consulting, how to effectively do that and how to scale that. So you have this... I, what drove me to, I've been watching you on LinkedIn for quite a long period of time. I've been very impressed that you can't you have, and I really was happy that you agreed to be on the podcast and share more about what you do. You have this five-step system that really impressed me, and that's how we actually ultimately got connected to do this. Can you walk through those five steps? Absolutely. So we've identified five key 
systems to implement in your business uh, to scale to seven figures. And this is called the expert accelerator method. Um, the first one is known as your offer, and this is your impact system. This is who you serve, uh, what you sell, how you sell it, really codifying your system into a step-by-step -step solution and the why behind what you do. And all this is packaged into an ultra high-end, high-five, high-six-figure offer. Once we have that dialed in, that's really the foundation and we build upon that. System number two is marketing. And this is your influence system. And there's three stages to this. One is creating expert positioning online so that you are seen as a true expert and you can rise above the noise, especially on a platform such as LinkedIn. Number two is having the right audience. You don't need a million followers, but you do need an audience of people who are the right people who are going to listen and take action and ultimately buy from you. And the third is we need to create a high amount of intimacy and relevancy with these people. In a world of distraction where you're competing against funny cat videos, the relevancy is the name of the game. And so being able to, again, cut through the noise and uh, really enter the heart and mind of your ideal clients, creating that transference of confidence and energy and rapport in an online medium is essential to success. Um, the third stage is sales, and this is your money system. This is having a true system where you're pre-qualifying people, the looky-loos, the cheaple, the freeple, they're not making it through to a phone call. You're not wasting anyone's time. You have it really framed so you have a seamless process where you're nurturing, education, educating, and really indoctrinating someone before a call. You're having that sales conversation and you're understanding what happens after a sales conversation to ensure that they become a paying client. Once we have those, and the goal is to get that to that within 90 days, and this is really important, we want to validate that your offer and your marketing are working and we can validate it by knowing you are selling it. Great. Then we move into stage four, which is systems and team. And this is where a lot of entrepreneurs make the mistake. They go right into building out systems before they've even sold anything. So they end up with a lot of funnels, a lot of courses that just you know never go anywhere. They don't need to do anything with it. So we want to first sell. Then we build your systems. And this one is marketing systems, uh, putting the right butts in right seats as far as team members with the goal of ultimately uh, moving you from solopreneur to CEO. So you can drive vision and deliver results and be on podcasts, be a PR spokesperson. And this is the least sexy part of what I teach. It is the most complex. It is the hardest because of the people equation, but is the one that creates the most freedom. And then the final system is delivery. And this is our scale system. So a lot of other coaching and consulting companies, and this will uh, lead into a discussion later on, I'm sure, they're all about more marketing, throw money at Facebook ads, just more and more marketing. Um, but I believe in what's proven true both for me and my clients is that if you focus on delivering an incredible experience and actually getting your clients massive results, then marketing, yes, is there, but you don't have to put so much time and effort and energy because your reputation and your brand recognition is going to grow. The old adage, the more people you help, the more will want your help. So really focusing on what does it look like to deliver an amazing product or service and creating those systems, those KPIs uh, to ensure your clients are happy and they are becoming your biggest advocate for driving new business. Awesome. I love how you shared through that. And, and near the end, you shared something that really resonated with me. And it was interesting in the right in the middle of COVID last year, you know, when it first, everything stopped in the US 
And it was, I think around April and somebody, it was, I think it was on LinkedIn and, and somebody just said there, there was like, you know, what do you do? And nobody's answering the phone and, and how do you, and somebody just said, simply add value. Yeah. And when you add value, then people are going to call you up. Right. But if you're not adding any value, it doesn't matter what you say, you know, you're not, you're not ultimately creating a real impact and, and you're not, you don't have a real business, right? You don't have a real business if you aren't actually, people aren't willing to buy your services and, and thinking you're going to be able to actually help them get through. And so I love it that you have that to be a part of it because obviously the other parts of your system wouldn't work, right? If you weren't, you can't deliver extraordinary results. So I, I know you mentioned a little bit throughout when you're talking about the five steps, but what is typically, I know it could be different for each person, but what is the most common obstacle with those five steps? Well, it really depends on, we have two different calibers of entrepreneurs that come to us. We have the ones earning under a quarter million. Uh, and then we have the ones who are at quarter million all the way up to, you know, at one point something to three, we even have in the program, three mil. And so the pro- problems, new level, new level, different CEO growing pains. Um, but let's talk the higher level one. Typically, their biggest issue is they've grown their business to a point, and by putting trying a lot of different things, seeing what sticks, they have a ton of different offers. Um, they they are at the center of their business. They're literally like, I can't do more to make more. That's not going to work for me anymore. So I need a fundamental restructuring of my business, and so. What we work to do is get the owner out of the center of the business, streamline their offers, restructure, like get rid of all the low ticket stuff and restructure it. So we're selling high value. Um, a lot of times this also means leveling up the, the quality or the type of clients. Um, you know, one of my clients, Michelle, she's like, I just want to work with seven figure interior design firms. I'm like, great. That's what we're going to do then. So we're not going to take on the others as clients. And by working with obviously a high caliber market, it makes it easier to sell a higher end service. So sometimes it's reworking who they're actually uh, marketing to, restructuring offers, and then we have to upgrade their marketing and everything that goes along with that. But the biggest thing for a lot of business owners is they are the bottleneck. And until we restructure their business, like nothing's going to change. And they know that. That's why they come to me. They know like, I can't keep going this way and bouncing around $50,000 difference in revenue per year, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> contingent on them. It, the answer is if they want, you know, if they continue the way they're doing to make more, they would have to burn themselves out. And so we don't want to do that. They come to me and we realigned and it really uncaps their income. And we're able to double, triple, even quadruple their growth over the next 12 months. And so that I, I got to imagine once again, especially with you're working with really smart people, right? They know their expertise really well. They are adding value, but you're telling them to stop, right? And and so, and or they're saying even some, or you're saying, you know, we can have somebody else do that for you. So, yeah. give me an example of like where you you did you pulled away something right from the CEO that were like their hands were bleeding, you know, letting go of a particular task. And, but once they understood they could delegate it and actually make more money as a result, it, they were, they had that freedom, you know, that you talk about. Do you have like a, a specific example of yeah. something like that? Yeah. I mean, one of my clients, um, we wanted, the goal was to scale a one, a high end one to many, a group offering, which is something we do with our clients because you can only have so many one-to-one. Mm-hmm. And so, um, 
I mean, I think her program went from, I want to say it was like a few thousand a year to now today, she's selling a group offering for 36,000. And one of the things we needed to do was to pull out accountability from her to put some other like team members in place that could take ownership of ensuring her clients were happy and getting the results um, so that she could scale that part of her time. And so again, it was about putting the right person in place, putting a, a little bit different processes in place so that you could still deliver amazing experience, actually improve the experience and the deliverability of your program and therefore create more value. And uh, as you add more value, you can increase your prices. And so that was obviously something that was very challenging. There's a lot that goes into building value into a program in terms of like your infrastructure and the right person and hiring and all of that. But once she did, I mean, it was like a game changer for her business. When, when you're trying to, once again, change not only the how, but the who, who's doing the work, what are you doing with, what are the clients, your clients typically doing? Are they hiring somebody? Are they, um, are you helping them out with some yeah. of the specific tasks, your team? Is it a, um, another consultant, or if you may, you know, kind of third party, what do you, what do you end up doing on a regular basis? Or is it, is there a consistent thing you do or you use all three yeah. when necessary? So we give them multiple options just to based on what their budget's at. We are not an agency. So I do have people that I can, you know, refer them to as far as providers. Um, what typically my highest level clients will do, quite frankly, is use a specialized recruiter um, that is uh, specific to the coaching and consulting industry. She's amazing. She's placed my uh, employees. She's placed many of my clients. And so they kind of do the heavy lifting for you. They actually go beyond and look at your personality and find out what makes you tick and what ticks you off. And so it goes beyond just trying to fill a role. Um, but of course, we give them there's that option. You can also hire on your own. I've clearly identified like what key people we put in place and when in order to scale up my organization. So we teach them that. Um, but I find that the busier the clients, the more money they're making, the more likely they are to outsource that part of the recruitment process. And then those that are, let's say, under a quarter million, they're more likely to take that on themselves as something they do. Yeah. So it's interesting. Let's talk about that. That uh, you know, you have, there's such a broad range, and I and I see it. it's interesting on LinkedIn. I, I see that like, hey, can you try to make five thousand a month, right? And then you have other people like we make ten thousand a month, and then getting to make it, you know, 250 a year. And then, right. and then there's, you know, the different scales and, and consulting. It's some people can't even imagine getting to that six figure mark, right. Because of right. where they came from in the past. So there's a lot of fear, right. And, and a lot of doubt that somebody has that they could even get to these different values, right. Get getting to something, making something at 250, 500,000, a seven, you know, a million dollar business being in consulting. So from that group, right. Right. That, are, are you doing, and maybe are you doing a lot of just, for lack of a better term, confidence coaching with them that this does work and let me show you how, I mean, how do you get that confidence in somebody that they've never experienced that, right? They've always been like an employee for somebody else, but they have the skills, they have the talent, right? They just have never marketed themselves in the past. Um, what do you have to do with that group of people to get, get them to that uh, upper level? Well, I think there's a couple of things it's important to point out. I mean, number one, I only take on people as a client who have demonstrated excellence and expertise in their field. So I'm not taking somebody that was like worked a retail job, 
took a weekend life coaching certification as like, okay, Jessica, help me build a half million dollar life coaching practice. There are plenty of people that uh, can help them. I say, you know what? Go generate a hundred thousand and come to me and then I'll mm-hmm. help you. So mm-hmm. I work with people who have real experience. And so if someone is just exiting the corporate world and they ha- they've been a VP, they've been director level, I can take them take that skill set and I can help them build something profitable that we can accelerate their growth. So number one, I'm looking for the right caliber of people, the right pe- people who have not only the, the the experience, but also the drive and the commitment. And you can see that through their job history and how, you know, if someone's committed to a corporate job at a VP level, then you know what, they're going to roll up their sleeves and do what I tell them to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Once they get into the program, um, here's what I tell people. We do have mindset built in and, and, and that is not something I even lead. I have a specific mindset person, uh, because I'll tell you right now, Carl, and this is going to sound kind of funny maybe, but I've seen self-sabotage come up mm. from anything from, let's say a, a woman not wanting to make more than her husband subconsciously being afraid mm. to, to wow. a man not wanting to earn more money because he didn't want to pay more spousal support to his ex. Wow. So, yeah. So self-sabotage can come up in a lot of different ways, which is why mindset and that support is so integrally built into our program. And it's something that really separates us. I'm strategic and practical though. So Mm -hmm. I know this and I've proven this over and over and over again. Right now in your mind, you have a number. A number is your worth. This is what, what you believe you can get. And it's only there because that's what you've done in the past. And that number might be $100 an hour. It might be 250. It might be a $5,000 package, might be a $10,000 package. And so what we have to do is create a new reference point, a new possibility. And what we can do from a strategic side is I can help you build an amazing um, how, an amazing solution that becomes your IP, something that you feel phenomenal about. And I can help you articulate that and sell that. I'll work with you personally on how you're, you're actually going to pitch that. And then I'm going to help you package it into something that is so value packed that you're going to look at it and say, you know what? That's worth 25 grand. Heck, it's worth more than that. And so that gives you enough confidence having uh, and being empowered with that, those tools and that information and that pitch to go out and sell it. And when you sell it, now you've created a new reference point, right? The new reference point is I'm worth 25,000. And it also, once you get to that first high ticket, even at 25, you going to 50, 75, multiple six figures, it just, it opens the, the ceiling of possibility. Cause now you're like, that was so easy. And you know, the only thing my clients say to me, Carl, the only thing they always say, gosh, I wish I had done this sooner. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. I wish I hadn't held myself back for the past three, five, 10 years and undervalued when I'm creating massive results in these organizations or these individuals' lives. I self-sabotage because you determine your worth. And once I did it, once I figured out, okay, there's a structure, there's a blueprint, I'm empowered with the, the knowledge, the tools to do it. And they said, yes. Mm-hmm. And it was easy. And in fact, the guy said, that seems reasonable. I should probably charge more. <laughs> and I have a little chuckle. And I say, yes, and we get started. So yep. that's how we solve that crawl. That's awesome. And, and I appreciate the explanation because I'm sure there are people in the audience who are in that situation, right? Where they, they I, one of the, the examples that has been pretty well known was like the four minute mile, right? Mm-hmm. And it was actually, I think at one point they said it was sci- is humanly impossible, right? Yep. To break the four minute barrier. But as soon as it was broken, then all of a sudden, just a ton of people just passed it, right? Yeah, because it was, like a, it was ultimately, right? Five, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it 
<laughs> now I, I am not one of those people that passed four minute mile. I'll just clarify, but I mean, but you know what I'm saying? Right. It, it was, um, but it, it's incredible, right. Of where these, we have these mental barriers and we actually will say it's scientific, even in some cases, like there's no way, there's no way you can make a thousand dollars an hour. There's no way you get $10,000 an hour, but you can't, right. If you are once again, adding value and you're willing to ask, mm-hmm. You know, I think that's the part that you're getting to is that you you have to be willing to ask. And what's I think you probably find this sometimes is people don't take you very seriously unless you're charging enough. A hundred percent. And I've seen this over and over for my clients. It is easier to sell high end than it is to sell the lower end. And you know what? Higher end clients are more committed. They show up, they do the work, they don't whine. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's I'm a big fan of the model and I know. I know coaches who have completely let go of all their other low end stuff because they got tired of dealing with refunds of courses and chargebacks and people, you know, saying it wasn't valuable enough to a $2,000 package, you know, course. Meanwhile, they're selling $50,000 coaching and getting, you know, the most amazing people. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's not for everybody. You know, if you, if you have a vision of making a real impact in people's lives and working intimately in someone's business or life to create true transformation, then embrace the high end model. Um, it's going to be very fulfilling for you and, um, life changing for your clients. Absolutely. No, I think that's so. How do you measure success with your business or, or with your clients? What is that? What are you doing on a regular basis? No, we, we're getting it done. Yeah. So we treasure all, we track all kinds. I said treasure. We track all kinds of metrics. So of course we have, you know, we're looking at our marketing. We're looking at our visibility. We're looking at our reach. We're looking at leads and conversions and closing and all of those things. But we also look at our client metrics. And so we actually have KPIs that we track for our clients, which again is, I don't know a lot of coaching programs. I don't know of any that do this. So we want to know that they're not only completing like the milestones that we've established in terms of acquiring the knowledge and you know a, completing the task, but that those tasks associated with it are producing the kind of ROI that we want. Mm-hmm. And so we track them on a monthly basis because we want to make sure that, again, they're succeeding in the different metrics that we specifically help them with. So we have like a dashboard, we're looking at numbers, we're looking at data. Um, you know, and of course I'm looking also at my, my team and making sure they're happy and satisfied. So really we have KPIs across all different departments. What you shared, uh, and I'm not sure part of the audience that we, we talk about leading and lagging indicators a lot and measuring success. Mm -hmm. And what you were talking about was the leading indicators Mm -hmm. often, you know, the, yes, the results, but you don't get the results unless you're, you're doing the little things, the important things, right. To get the outcomes. Right. And I love that that you mentioned that because it's it's probably the miss one of the most misunderstood. It, it was interesting. My youngest daughter just was at the University of North Carolina uh, at a women's soccer camp there, and it was an incredible experience. She loved being there. Um, she was uh, actually got MVP of the camp, which was really cool. But what was real? What she really loved was that every single thing they measure. They literally, every practice, they rate one to 30 of their players and the performance in all the different um, different areas that they'd be in, and they measure it and they track it. And that's how they create excellence, right? Their, their bar is, we're going to be the best, but they be the best by, by literally having practices that are harder than the games, right? And, and that's what you're 
saying, along with this from a business perspective, right? How do we actually do these leading indicators on a regular basis to help make sure we get these outcomes? And and then it's not luck, right? Right. You know, I mean that then it shouldn't be luck. It's actually what what we end up getting taken care of. So this has been awesome. So now I'd love to, Jessica, I want to hear a little bit more about your personal side. Um, I find anybody who has a successful business like you have in making what's really fun is you help make other people's lives and more successful and give them freedom and, and help them accomplish things for them and their clients that they probably never dreamed in many cases. How do you keep yourself on top of your game? You know, what are you doing on your on, on a personal level to help make sure you have the energy to support your clients and your business? Uh, great question. Well, I have really strong boundaries around my time and scheduling. Um, you know, I don't, I, I work a four day work week um, and I make sure that, you know, my time is scheduled like appropriately and, and meetings are productive and, and have a, an objective. Uh, beyond that though, family time, you know, when I'm off, I'm off. That is family time, nights and weekends. Um, I made a commitment several years ago that I would take a minimum of four weeks vacation per year. And so we've done that even despite COVID, uh, mm -hmm. but we do take uh, four full weeks of vacation per year. Other than that, I'm like, my health is very, very important to me. So eating right, exercising, uh, even during COVID, I invested in the mirror, which is that cool uh, home gym. Yeah. And that's been, that was amazing while things were still shut down. So just really staying on top of uh, my physical health, eating right, drinking green juice, all of those things. I'm in Southern California, an epicenter of, of health. And, um, you know, I just make sure I, I, I take care of myself and, and, and all of that is necessary because what I learned years ago when I wasn't in a healthy place, I was kind of in that hustle grind, you know, it's the fast path to burnout. And it, if your energy isn't right as a business owner, you're going to attract that and it, you're going to see it show up in all areas of your business. And so when you become uh, really aligned uh, from a health and wellness perspective, when you're, you're operating from a place um, where you're true to yourself, where you're congruent, um, you know, your business actually will skyrocket. The quality of people are going to change. Everything is going to change when, when you get yourself right. Um. Hey, from from a time on a like, a, do you start out in the morning and do you have like a list of things that you know you're you're doing on a, on these like daily basis things to help get you going, or or is it you kind of go by the flow? You know what what are you typically doing to? I mean, you you described a lot of the things that you are doing, yep. but are you like checking off? I made sure I did these things. Yes, yeah. So I am still a Type A, and I run by list, and so having like, have I done my daily gratitude? Have I done my meditation energy work, my exercise, you know, uh, tracking those kinds of things are, are really important to me. And then I kind of have my to-do list. I have my creative time. Uh, you know, everything's very structured, uh, in my life and there's freedom in structure. Uh, I found. Yep. Yep. I'm curious just from a, a, a normal day. So a normal one of your work week days where you're going to put in yourself time, how long is that typically? Is it is it an hour, half hour, hour and a half, more? What what you know? How much time does it take you to kind of do those um, kind of minimum basic, get yourself up ready for each day? Yeah, I would say in the morning it's like twenty minutes to half hour. It's pretty short, and then I typically do a half hour workout later, mm -hmm. and then I will go for a walk or something with my daughter. So I guess an hour and a half total throughout the day, but it's kind of spread out. 
Oh, cool. Cool. That's good. So yeah. And it's, yeah, I appreciate you saying that. And I think there's some value behind that too, of just not doing it all one time, right. To create yourself right. different, different pockets, right. Where you're, um, you know, we can all have a tough day, right. For one reason or another. And it's good to like, have a second part of it where you're able to relax and unwind again. So. Well, and um, you got to find what works for you. So every, some people are like, no, you have to work out in the morning. You have to do that. Well, for me, that's always been challenging because I've got to get my daughter, you know, ready for school. So I actually work out in the afternoon and I still have my morning kind of routine. I get a lot of creative stuff done in the morning and I actually work out in the afternoon. It's not what I used to do before I had a child, but after having a child, it's what works for me and it's fine. So find what works for you. The important thing is that you fit it in. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, great insights. Um, and and I, I love it that you've done it to four days a week, right? Because... Mm-hmm um, that you've actually done. So is, if I may ask, is it then you're having a 10 hour day or you actually no? do you do eight or 12 or what, what are you doing to make, you know, on during the summer, I'm looking at about 20 to 25 hours a week work, honestly. And then Mm -hmm. in the fall, spring are very, very, um, busy time. So we'll look at 30 to 35 and I'm definitely, I will put in more as needed, but I'm going to tell you, I'm going to brag for a minute. I have the most amazing team. And the team that I built, I told them, if I lose one of you, you're, you each represent like two, uh, two or three hours a week in my work week. And so having them has reclaimed so much of my time. And so I'm like, they, they literally gave me my time back. Wow. So that, that's, yeah. that's 10, 10 hours right there, eight to 10 hours a week right there that because I had the key members in place of things that I just don't do anymore. Mm. So that's how I've been able to do it. I think that's a great, you know, it's interesting. There's the, as I'm sure you read the four hour work week by Tim Ferriss. And, and I, and I think people get a little confused with that because like there's this impression, like he's not work. He stopped working. It's like, no, 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 no. He built the systems. Yes. Right. And, and the reality was he went off and did a bunch of other things afterwards. It wasn't, but cause you're not built to not get things done. Right. Your type A just said you have to focus, but you really have once again, created great boundaries and are trying to walk your walk as best you can. And, and of course, that probably resonates with your clients when you could say, look, I'm doing this and there's no reason you can't do that because I'm already doing it. Absolutely. I model what I teach. And that's very important. Again, when we talk about being congruent, if you say you're doing something, you're modeling that, and then you know it helps your clients to embrace that as well. So, And I will tell you, Carl, this wasn't an easy process. It wasn't an overnight thing. Like It's been a journey to get here. Um, but I will, I point back to strong systems and processes again, that level four that we talked about on a solid foundation and great marketing and sales. That's where they the, where I was really able to reclaim my time. That's that solopreneur to CEO. You know, I quit wearing a dozen different hats and I'm, I'm just very focused with my time now. That is, uh, that's, that's incredible. And I love, love the testimony of what you shared. And, and so, uh, one of the questions I'd like to ask all our guests what is your, um, one of your favorite books that you'd like to recommend to our audience? I love Atomic Habits by James Clear, mm-hmm. which he talks about measuring a lot. And he mm-hmm. talks about those little incremental changes that you can make, um, again, to a sports teams, the way they practice, even improving by 1%, you know, over the trajectory of a year is going to be very significant. So you're looking for those small changes and that consistency, which I always tell people it's all about consistency. Can you commit to cons- whatever that consistency is and just stay committed to it, um, make those small changes 
to your habits and, you know, you won't reap the reward immediately, but over the course of the next year, two, three, four, five years, you're going to see huge, huge changes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It is a great book. And I appreciate you recommending that to the audience for sure. And, um, I, I don't think I mentioned you earlier, but I'm, I'm going to be down speaking of habits. I'm, I'm running my first marathon and then my first one's plans of San Diego actually marathon. So who knows, might uh, get a chance to see, cause I know you live down in that area. So I'm um, yep. look, looking forward to being in that beautiful area. How can people find out more about your business? Where, where is a great website for them to get more information? Well, definitely check out jessicayarbro.com. You can download our seven figure case study down there um, on the website, but also connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm very active on LinkedIn. Send me a request and let me know that you heard me on this show and I'm happy to connect and, uh, and you can follow me in all my, all my content where we're very active there. That's, that's great. So Jessica, this has truly been an honor to have you on this show. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. And to all of our guests, we are wishing you the very best at measuring your success. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Measure Success Podcast. We'll see you again next time to learn from the best. Remember to subscribe now to get future episodes.